This is Thomas DePolo. This is Max. This is Kevin Ham. Hey, this is Jake Cook. Hi, this is William Roy. You're listening to The Green Box. Alright, so uh, I brought us together today. So I, uh, I'm on TikTok. We've all heard this before, and it's a blessing and a curse. Um, I will say that it is, there is some just super creative people on there. But anyway, uh, there's this uh, lady author. It's a terrible way to describe her. Uh, there's this author, and she uh, wanders the woods and talks about writing advice. Um, and I, I had also, so I saw her on TikTok a few times, and I had also just read one of her books called The Calculating Stars, which is a we are really solid sci-fi book, you know, award winning sci-fi is, book. Who is the author? What is her name? Yeah, her name is Mary Robinette Cole. Uh, she also, I think she started as a um, audiobook narrator and then started writing. So you may have you may have heard her before you heard of her. Uh, she's got a book series called The Lady Astronaut, which is about real quick. It's about uh, basically a meteor hits like New York, hits like Chesapeake Bay in 1952, and they realize that. Within the next like 20, 30 years, it's going to superheat the oceans, so they have to get off the planet. So they like jumpstart the space race, and they're trying to get to Moon and Mars and stuff. It's a, it's a pretty solid sci-fi. The, the Wikipedia yeah. the Wikipedia page describes the protagonist as a former wasp. Did she like convert to Judaism or something? <laughs> a wasp is in uh, World War II pilot, not uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Thank you for explaining the joke. <laughs> no, that's perfect. <laughs> Anyway, so you know, she espouses writing advice, and I think TikTok is an interesting place to do that because it's very, it's all very bite-sized. So I picked like six or seven kind of off her page, and I think it's, I think some of them do have relevance in scenario writing, um, and to a certain extent in running the game, or or just you know, and I, or any just general advice at all. I, I kind of feel like most of us write other scenarios or other stuff, but like getting better at writing in general is, gonna, is only going to help you get better at writing other things. So. So I'm just going to kind of run through some of the advice, um, and we'll probably post the links in the show notes if people want to see the exact ones, but TikTok's like not the greatest platform to watch content on unless you're just scrolling through it. Anyway, I don't know. We'll kind of just start at the top and see what, what folks think. I watched a couple of them. I found that the website would not play the videos in the background. It would only play them when the tab was in focus, so yeah. I stopped watching them because I like as much as I as much as I did think that this is a fun concept, I don't need to watch thirty videos of the same person walking in the woods. I would love if I could just play the audio in the background while I did something else and that way I could listen to it like an audiobook. Yeah, so yeah. that was the website format that defeated me there. I could have got it on my phone, but then they probably would have wanted me to download the app. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the first piece of advice she gives is uh but basically, like if you're if you find yourself getting stuck on something, then like put it down and write a what she calls a palate cleanser. So if you're the example I would use, like is if you're writing a Delta Green scenario and you get just totally stuck on something, go write a stat block for a Star Wars character, or go write a poem, or go write a one page piece of nonfiction about your grandfather. Like write something completely different that just takes you completely out of the Delta Green mindset and like re- kind of reset your writing brain. This is an advice that I've been sharing since the beginning of this show. This is a piece of advice that I first heard from Ed McMillan on an interview about some game he was working on, where he said, if you find that something is making you miserable, go work on something that excites you. And then when you are now excited to work on the project, come back and do the bullshit stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's a good, it's a good, like, like, 
addition to, to that advice. The, the thing that I think makes it nice is a lot of advice for writer's block is like, take a break, take a walk, you know, go to something else. But if you keep writing just something different, you're keeping that writing momentum going. You're just kind of getting the block like kind of out of your way. Whereas if you just stop writing, that's I mean, it's also solid advice. If you need to break, like you know, take a walk, see a movie, whatever. But you've like stopped the writing part of your brain. Whereas this doesn't do that, which I think is a nice, reasonable way to like shift your focus and kind of get yourself back on track. And I, I do think writing something way outside your comfort zone might be an interesting thing. Like again, like I don't write poetry ever, except just like except for like stupid jokey haikus. But like you know, write you know. A ten line stands on something and like totally force your brain to think about something completely different, and you know you'll drag drag. But you'll, you'll be dragged back to your Delta Green scenario, you know, quicker than you can think. The uh, the next one that she that uh, I picked here is it's uh, it's called the like, originality is overrated, and she basically just talks about there's really only three ways or there's three ways to spin something old into something new. Um, you just you can invert something like you can you can you can flip a key fact around. Uh, you can juxtapose something like combine two things that don't normally go together and blend them. Um, like sci-fi and witchcraft or something. Um, and then you can reset it. You can set it in a, in a new setting. Um, and we've definitely talked about this in terms of Delta Green, you know, like write a Delta Green scenario set in the Boer Wars. You know, you could probably write that scenario on a, in a modern in setting, but it wouldn't have all the interesting parts to make it interesting. You know, like set it somewhere different. And I think... I think a lot of times people don't want to write. They think of a concept and they're like, "Oh, that's been done a million times." Well, that's like everything's been done a million times. Nothing is original. Uh, so just find the one key little trick or fact that makes your thing a little different, and then write it. I mean, how many Delta Green scenarios are like, you know, anonymous tip comes in, investigate a thing, you know, find a bad thing, and then kill it. But like, that doesn't mean they're bad. There's also there's a lot of plays you can play with that in the middle. There's also a really good. I know. Uh, I know Will can't couldn't make it today, but there's a really good uh, YouTube video called uh, "Everything Is a Remix" uh, by again Kirby Ferguson, where he basically talks about how like there's no like nothing is original. Everything's remixed from from something old, and like that's fine. That's how art is created. Um, so that's a very similar advice. Um, and I've definitely seen folks stuck on um, again, like they have a cool idea and they like, oh, it's too much like something else. I don't want to write it. And I think that's you know. We'll just write it, but a little different. I mean, everything is like something else. Max, I know you've written a lot. So you've resettled, maybe not intentionally resettled things, but again, like you've written uh, a bunch of scenarios that are kind of uh, are outside of like the traditional Delta Green setting, which you probably could have just written traditionally, but obviously you chose to write them, you know, outside again, like your Boer War one or um, even stuff like Who Killed the Case Officer is a little bit of an inversion there because you wrote it from kind of a, the other perspective. Um, that's a terrible way to describe that. Uh, is, was that like intentional on your part? Or sorry, you what is the other perspective in this case? I feel like, like, who killed the case officer? I feel like if, if it was written really boringly, would just be uh, investigating a case officer's death. It wouldn't be like. It would be that the the mythos cult had actually killed this guy. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. So it'd be the obvious, but like it's not written that way and it makes it more interesting. So again, so you, what you've done is like you've, you flipped a key fact. You've used inversion. I mean, I think you, I think you sat down and you were like, today we'll invert this idea, but you did. So like, was that, and obviously that was intentional. So that scenario is, is a, it, it's, it's partially a commentary on the way that both some people play Delta Green and some people write Delta Green modules. The characters in that module specific, it specifically says these characters or taught to kill everyone and salt the earth. They don't think that anything they'll do will ever be investigated because they think that other Delta Green agents are like them, that they just want to kill everything and not investigate carefully. And the actual scenario itself, 
I wanted to write something that required a genuine logical deduction from the players, rather than the use of a skill to solve the mystery. And the reason why the scenario works is that ultimately figuring out what's happening is not that difficult, but it, players still feel clever when they do. Which is, I think, the best that you can hope for when you write a mystery is that you will have something that seems difficult, but in actuality is designed to be discovered. But the discovery is satisfying because it isn't actually immediately obvious. Yeah, and I think we see that with, we, we, we talked about Bestow a lot in this, on this podcast, but that is a pretty simple puzzle. Obviously, it takes some time to get through it, but every time I've seen players get it, they are like genuinely you know, thrilled at, at the outcome. That's actually super great mystery writing advice. You know, Don't write a super complex 10 level conspiracy, write something simple that players can actually get to actually get to explore, and then they'll have a great time with it. <laughs> you should uh, record next time you go on a hike, you should espouse some of those advice into TikTok. <laughs> so, my I actually contributed a an article to Whispers of the Dead, the Delta Green uh, fanzine called Writing Scenarios the Melon Bread yeah, Way that, that yep. collects a lot of the stuff that I've said on this show and stuff that I've said elsewhere. Yeah, I saw the preview page for that. It looked uh, looks good. Yeah, I, I, I didn't care about about Whispers of the Dead at first, but then I realized that it was a way to get my shit layouted for free because I don't <laughs> want to do layouting. <laughs> and like the dude, the dude did a really cool a really cool cover page for the story that I sent in. So I'm gonna definitely send him more stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna send him some stuff for the next issue as well. So because it's just it's just clear that To is not coming back. <laughs> Yeah, well, I do hope somebody had mentioned. We're off topic here, but who gives a shit, right? Uh, somebody had mentioned like maybe it'll bring To back, and that won't happen. The unspeakable oath. But I think that there's you could just you know, Delta, our dream could publish a newsletter, publish a, a, a zine called you know Butt Crack. We can, I don't give a shit what it's called. Like you know, the, we're not not getting any of the IP issues of Chaosium or whatever. Just publish their own thing, put Delta Green stuff in it. Like this, it's that's easy. <laughs> Like you've already got a guy laid on out, just just make him do it, you know. <laughs> and that's been that's the way. Like that's the way Shane Ivy got into this, the writing for Delta Green, or you know, in the industry. Like that's how everyone kind of breaks in. Like find someone doing it, and just feel like do it for me now. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. So all right. So any other thoughts on the? Uh, so I think it's important to, to remember or keep in mind. You know, inversion, flipping a key fact, juxtaposition, combining two elements that don't normally go together, and then resettling, resetting. Placing, in, placing something in a new setting. So if you if you think your idea is not original, just do one of those things. Now you have a cool original idea. I think the most common form of of like the inversion or whatever, or the transposition or or any of these elements, is that people will adapt a media property to Delta Green in a way that it was not super obvious that that originally that media property was for it was a good fit. Because I know that both Tom and myself have ported a lot of stuff from the. BPRD series of comics to Delta Green and BPRD is not it it's it's a it's sort of it's a bit more XCOM than Delta Green in yeah. its in the way that the setting works and in the way that that the characters are spe- expected to interact with the supernatural but I think that a lot of those adventures are especially it's something that I did a lot in when I when I was first writing Delta Green scenarios was just with some direct adaptations some that were just obvious riffs uh, one of my mo- one of my best received scenarios ever, the moss covered arrowhead adventure that I wrote, was directly inspired by Abyss of Time, which is a storyline from BPRD about uh, a special agent who picks up a magic sword and gets his brain merged with a magical caveman from the ancient times. Yeah, so and, and, yeah, I think a lot of people write this way without 
mechanically thinking about it, but it's good to kind of uh, put a framework on it and realize that you're kind of operating under that and then maybe use it to, you know, poke around a little bit. <clears throat> uh, anything else on originality? Dom, any other comments here? Uh, no, not really. All right, so uh, so I have a lot of scenarios that are like 60 or 70% done, so this this advice directly related to me, directly speaking to me. Um, so it's advice on restarting a stalled project. And the basic advice is basically figure out why you put it down in the first place. So go back through, make notes. Don't, don't fix anything. Unless it's like a type bar zone super like don't fix. If you notice a problem, don't fix it. Just re- you know, make a note what the problem is. Go back through the whole, the whole, you know, script. Cause you probably stall because you kept going back and doing things, which is definitely has some mind, you know, I'll, I'll change a key fact. Then like, all right, go back to the top and change it here, change it here, change it here. And if I just had kept writing and then go back through and change it, I may have not stalled out as much. So, but you know, go, Go through it, make some notes on why you stalled, find the problems without fixing them, then get back to where you stopped, keep writing, and then fix your problems. Kind of flip, the, flip the, the, what, what you would think the, the order around would be, you know? And if, if that doesn't work, what do you guys use to restart a stalled project? Typically, if I'm having trouble with something, it's because there's a part of it that I'm not enthusiastic about writing. And depending on whether that part can be dispensed with, that essentially allows me to decide, do I want to redo this and just change the scope so that I don't have to do the part that I'm unenthusiastic about? Am I excited enough about this to power through the shit that I don't want to do? Or was I never excited about this in the first place? Because I've had projects that on realizing how much work they were going to be, it has revealed that I was not that excited about the concept in the first place. Yeah, I def- definitely think, I definitely say there's certain... Sometimes when you stall on a project, it's because the project just doesn't deserve to come to completion. And I think realizing that is, is key. But if you truly, you know, if you want to finish it, then, you know, going back through, making some notes and trying to come at it from a different angle or come at it from, you know, going through without fixing it and finding out where the problems are might be a good way to do it. Tom, do you have any scenarios that you've uh, kind of backburnered for a long time and, you know, someday will intend to get back to uh, not that I can think of. I think this is true in that I'm someone who goes back and rewrites every little line as I go. Yeah, I tend to do that, but I think I'm going to try, try not to. And again, there's also, you know, there's 10 ways to write a scenario. So I'm, don't take this advice as like pure gospel, but I'm going I'm to see if it, I mean, I'm going to bite around the, the edges of it and see if it, you know, see how it tastes. The next one was actually the first, t- the first one that I watched that made me think about it. And, and she, again, she's obviously talking to you know to to writers of like long form you know fiction sci-fi, but I think I think it has some some merit here. Basically, like if you know where your characters are, you know, and know where they need to get to, but don't know how, don't know the in between. Like if there's something missing in the middle, then you really don't know where where they need to get. Her 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 uh, example was like you know you 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 have a guy who's got to heist something, so so he you have him he's, he knows what he has to do, he's got to pull the heist off, but if you don't know how to get there, what's in between? Well, you got to like assemble the heist crew and like have the heist, you know, planning model, you know, uh, heist planning montage. So all these interstitial pieces matter and you can keep breaking it down. And that's how you get interesting scenes. Like, you know, if he's got to pick up one of the heist members, like I know one of the oceans movies involves a train. So if if, if, if you got to work in a train station, cause you know, you want, you want to have a cool set piece with a train, like, well, how did he get there? And you know, where do you have the right to get there? And again, that's more fictiony advice. I think the way to distill it to Delta Green is more of a, of a uh, uh, less a writer side, more a handler side. Like if you know your agents have to get 
to the cult compound, and they're stalled out in the hotel room, then you don't really know how they need to get there. So you need to invent something interstitially to get them onto the next piece. So, you know, and maybe it's like, you know, a bad NPC needs to show up and throw a wrench in things, or they need another clue to show up somehow, or, you know, when they go outside, or when, when someone goes outside to take a smoke break, he notices somebody like putting a bug on their car or something, and all of a sudden you've got them moving to the next thing, you know? I, I personally really hate heists for exactly the reason you just described. <laughs> yeah. I really hate that that it's it's you start with nothing, you have a goal, and in between is just endless planning and scenes that just take up time. I I don't have the patience for that as a handler or as a player. I think that heists are bad. I think the only good game that had heists in it was Blades, because Blades said, hey, just do the heist. Don't worry about all this other shit. Yeah, well, exactly. That's why it's that's it's better advice, or the the example is better for like a movie or fiction. But in terms of you know, I think the, to distill it down, like I said, if you, if you if you don't know how to get the characters from A to B, it's because they're actually trying to get from A to C. You got to figure out what B is, and B might be as simple as like you know, just giving the agent some kind of uh, some kind of an extra clue or having somebody interrupt one of yeah, their things. Th- this sounds like things. going back to what to do if the player characters get stuck. Yeah. I would say that connecting connecting dots is actually important in scenario design because we we've gotten a lot of we've gotten a lot of questions recently, uh, maybe not maybe not directly to the show, but about how do how do I write clues to connect interesting parts of the mystery? Yeah, definitely. Or, or in, you know, the, how do I write? Um, how do I get players to realize that they are clues? I've seen that come up a couple times. So I think the the way to distill this for for writing a scenario is, you know, think about where there might be pinch points and give the handler a couple levers they can throw. So again, you know, if, if, if there's a point, if there's, a, if there's an obvious point in the scenario when, when you're writing it where all the, all the players at this point should have figured out all the clues, you might want to write a little bit that says, like, if the players haven't yet, here's three additional ways to, you know, feed them another clue or, or show them that time is of the essence, you know, have them, have them realize they're being watched or have them spot a suspicious person or, you know, who's actually, you know, so-and-so from the cult compound or have them, you know, hear about a news broadcast. Like, you know, give the player, give the handler a few levers to, to, to a few things to throw in to get the players kind of jump started. And you, you, if you realize as a writer that there might be a missing point there, then, you know, write some stuff in for the handler. That was that was a tough one. It's just such, such, such better advice for writing like fiction than it is a scenario. But I still thought there's some, something to pull out of it. And the next one, I'm not sure if it's really applicable. I just I just never knew this, and I think it's it's good advice because I think people people say show don't tell all the time, but I never realized that that's like advice from pl- the like play era, and it's okay to just just tell things. And and the the litmus test she uses for this is if it's something that isn't going to be emo- if something that your character is not emotionally invested in, then just fucking tell it. Don't spend time showing it because it isn't important to the story i think maybe i would would say just cut it but if you don't need to cut it just tell it so i guess that's my little like i don't even want to say soapbox because i just learned it but it's a neat fact i learned about show don't tell which is advice i give a lot but maybe you should stop giving so much so there not much to discuss in this one i just thought it was a neat fact the uh the next one i think that definitely has some applicability here basically uh there's like a it's like it's kind of like survivor bias right if you if I want to write like melon bread, and I get uh, and I get Kevin to review all my scenarios and give me advice, I'm, Kevin's not going to give melon bread style advice because his style is—I mean, my style is different, right? 
So if I, if I want to write like Melon Bread, then I should get Melon Bread's advice on my scenarios because he will give me advice that fits that style of writing, you know, or people who like that style would give that kind of style of advice. So seek out people whose advice kind of, whose like styles fit what you're trying to write or else you're going to get conflicting advice. And the advice not might not be bad, it's might not be what you want for your scenario. Yeah, I've essentially stopped offering to proofread anyone's work because... First of all, I don't like doing it. Proofreading is, is dull. But also because my instinct is to just rewrite all of the sentences the way that I would have written them. And I think, you know, using people who, like, the, the same goes for, like, if I'm running a historically accurate, super detailed scenario, I shouldn't go to Dennis Detweller for advice. I should go to Glancy, because that's his milieu. If I'm writing, like, you know, uh, a, a more, like, Night Floor is Us scenario, I shouldn't go to Glancy's. He's, he's going to want to talk about, like, the Art Deco architecture and, like, the, you know, Bellboy's lapel jacket pins and, like, you know, the fact that, you know, the 1920s, you know, had this certain, like, aesthetic to it. Like, if I don't give a shit about that, find someone to do with that. So, don't just cast a wide, like, advice, not all advice is good advice. Find advice for people who, you know, are going to give you the kind of advice you want, which isn't to say are going to be like, this is great, I love it, it's so perfect. You want people who are going to give you critique, but it's got to be the right, like, helpful kind of critique. And that's definitely something I've seen so we, on the from the night of the upper Discord. We've been collecting feedback on scenarios, on contests, you know, for the last couple of years. And it's really funny to see, like, four or five people will, will judge the same scenario um, and give wildly different feedback. Because, you know, if Melbourne reviews it, he might be like, you know, cut this out, add more stuff here. This is way more interesting. Don't even like, don't even start the scenario at that at that point. Start it here. And someone else may say, "I wish there was a bigger, you know, more detail in the briefing room." Which yeah, is advice that Melbourne would never to, give. <laughs> to ask the, the case officer more questions and get, yeah, I don't yeah. know, I don't know. That's classified. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, right. But if you if you want the super slow burn. Style, you want to showcase your cool case officer. Okay, no, so th- don't this, find this is something that, that this actually really annoys me is that whenever I say, whenever I say, don't have bullshit briefings, don't make that so long, people are always like, oh, so you don't think investigation matters? No, I think that investigation matters. I just don't think listening to an NPC tell you your job is investigation. I think that investigation is when you get to do things. Yeah, you're not investigating the case officer. Yeah. Unless well, you maybe are. you should be, motherfucker. Yeah, that, that, but that's the Melbourne scenario. <laughs> yeah. Are right, any other thoughts on uh, the? She called the survivor bias, but I get what you get, and I get the connection there. But you know, on, on getting the right kind of feedback, I do think it's also important. Like, I think what I'm going to start doing if people ask me to look at stuff is be like. I'm happy to look at it, but why, like, are you looking for just grammatical feedback? Are you looking for, like, whole architecture feedback? Are you looking for, you know, plot feedback? Like, what what are you looking for for me? And I'll try to tailor it to that. Because someone might come to me and just be like, hey, can you just help me proofread this because I'm terrible at, like, having too many run-on sentences? That's different from, like, hey, I can't get my stuff to connect. I really need you to help me come up with a cool bad guy. You know, that's... Those are two different asks, you know, so be upfront about it. So, yeah, uh, so we got two more to go through. One of them, the, uh, the second to last one here, which I thought was interesting, uh, especially in the, in the days of digital, like, computing, in the days of typing. Um, she says, uh, you don't have to keep all the words you've written, but if you get rid of words, like, put them somewhere else. So if you write a paragraph and then later on scrap the whole paragraph, like, check it into a scratch file somewhere because it, that paragraph may come back in a different format or may, 
you may have had something in there that worked, but works for something different. And again, obviously, this is a little more like writing a story advice, but I do think, you know, if you, I do think it works for scenarios as well. If you have a cool descriptive text and then you end up tossing it because it doesn't work, and maybe you bring it back sometime later. And like in it with the digital thing, in, you know, with digital typing, like Google Docs and stuff, it's a real pain to go back and find old stuff you've deleted. So just, copy paste it in another document that you just look at once a year or whatever, or, you know, at the end and then keep writing, but like save the words, so like the attitude of the knife, but like save the words you'd cut somewhere else. So I've definitely found myself rewriting the same thing three or four times. And part of me wonders if I'd had all the iterations, would I come up with a better fifth, you know, um, attempt? I don't know. And I do feel like back when people were like actually typing or writing, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't erase a page. You would just put the page aside so you could go back and look at all the stuff you've written on something and like figure out the, you know how to make it the, the best it can be. So it's almost like old, pretty old school advice, I think. I guess as long as you have two monitors, it makes it uh, pretty easy to do. So I'll I'll try it, you know, especially if I delete something large. Kevin, let me ask you this: Are you still writing Delta Green scenarios? Yeah, here and there. I mean, the okay. last one, the last, I, mean, I did one for the um, scenario contest, but me, me, me and Bird wrote one. Uh, that was the last one that's, like, been finished. There's still a couple. So the main things I'm working on creatively, uh, outside of, like, freelance for art and stuff, is I'm still slowly slogging through my own game system for, like, counterterrorism stuff. And then I'm trying this, to get... Is this the shit that you've been asking Top Hat about? Like, what if I add no, 1v3 no, no, that's, to 1v3 minus that, That's something three. totally different. No, that's... Uh, I can't talk about what that is, but that's not it. Um, that's not mine. Uh, Working uh, on it with someone who does not know what a good dice <laughs> system. Okay, no, I shouldn't make fun of. I shouldn't make fun of people for for like seeking knowledge and like if they have a bad suggestion and then they ask, "Is this good?" and they learn why it's not good. Like that's not something I should make fun of them for. Yeah, it's. I mean, I. Uh, I mean, well, again, that's details. how learning is. is yeah, you have to. Yeah. you have to figure out stuff. Without getting detail, someone was like, "Hey, I've written this like 200, 200, 200 pages of words on like it's like." Kind of reimagining of D and D, old school D and D, but making it like more interesting. Uh, so keeping the old school feel, but not old school mechanics. So it's just there, there, there's obviously some issues to work out. It's very, very first draft. Anyway, on my own, I'm working on my own kind of counterterrorism thing, and then I'm still trying to get the Sacramento, the three Sacramento, um, Delta Green missions put into a, like a solid campaign framework. But it's slow going. I've been busy with. I mean, Iconoclast took up like two months of my life, uh, and right now I'm doing like nothing because I'm just you know de- decompressing from that. But Still writing here and there, yeah, to answer your original question. <laughs> and I'm ho- hopeful that we should have a summer jam coming up pretty soon. Depending on when this releases, it'll probably already be started, but I'm hoping to put something together for that, you know, because that, that team tends to be pretty creative. Tom, what about you? Are you still working on any Delta Green content? Um, no, I'm not. That's that's also that's also true about me. So, What would it, like, I mean, obviously, you, you can't write Delta Green forever, because it just gets old eventually, and that's totally cool. But like, what would what would grab you and drag you back to Delta Green? What what would have to hit your brain to make you be like, I got to make that into Delta Green scenario? The release of the March Technologies book in the format originally suggested by Chris Gunning <laughs> when we interviewed him. Oh, fair, yeah. Another issue of the Black Seal Delta Green fan magazine would also do it. Which one is Black Seal? It's a Delta Green fan magazine that ran for three issues. Fair. I don't. I don't know what. <laughs> no, what, what, what are you asking I, me? No, I. I mean, I was. It's. It, that's not the one we were just talking about. That's uh, the one that you just put your your advice is in. That's a different name. I already forgot what the name is. So keep keep in mind most of what people think they know about canonical Delta Green Pisces is actually from the Black Seal. Okay. Which for you is nothing because you learned that Pisces <laughs> was controlled by the Shan like yesterday. 
Yeah, it just it, I hated it. Well, that, that's because it's Shannon controlled by aliens who are controlled by uh, underground rock creatures who are controlled by uh, the government. <laughs> All right, uh, Tom, what about you? What I would drag you, you back? Laugh, react for that one. No, I know. I mean, it was but Tom. What would drag you back? Uh, I mean, nothing I would is need exactly to find a community much. that enjoyed the same parts of the game I do and didn't think they were bad and sterile and stupid. Fucking owned. Yeah, that's, Tom. That's fair. Tom just pounding. Just pounding the nails in. No, I mean that's that's yeah, that that's a hundred percent fair. There's there's shit that I wouldn't run for for the communities that I'm part of for pretty much the same reason. Not not necessarily Delta Green, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, valid. Uh, all right, last uh, last bit of writing advice from TikTok I wanted to talk about. Um, she talks about how you know writer's block is a, is a feature of your brain, not a bug. Uh, it's like you, it's your brain's way of telling you that something is missing. And she says what, one of the other pieces of advice she has for figuring out what's missing is write. If you're not sure what's, you know, what needs to happen, write twenty different things that could happen from the you know obvious to the outlandish. And in writing those 20 things, you're going to probably find the correct way forward. I don't know if I'd write 20 for Delta Green, but if I was stuck on like, all right, you know, what makes these, what makes this cult interesting? All right, well, if I can't come up with it, let me write 20 things about what makes cults interesting. And then once I write that list independent of my scenario, maybe that will help me decide what makes this cult interesting, you know, or what makes this case officer interesting. Write 20 things. You know, 20, you know, like if you write three things, like you do that easy. You want to like take yourself away, make an entire list. 20 things is going to take you some time and then figure out which one, you know, works. So I like it as, as general advice, you know, we'll see if it, we'll see if it, uh, See if it holds up. Definitely curious if anyone who listens uh, is familiar with her work or has other, uh, definitely other writers on TikTok I should follow. Because like my TikTok algorithm, the algorithm is good, but my TikTok algorithm is all over the fucking place. I'd like to get more like TTRPG writers or sci-fi or fantasy writers in there to get some some of that on my feed rather than airline stewardesses and thirst traps. Um, but yeah, it is it is what it is. So if people have other, other folks to recommend in that kind of in that kind of format, I'd like to hear them. Any uh, parting parting writers advice here? I think we should we should try and find some writing advice for players. I think that would be cool. That could be good because most of I think the reality is that most of our segments are focused on people running the game. But yeah, player player advice is not only going to help people, but it also I think would would help us as well since I think that we don't really like produce a lot of Delta Green content anymore. Whereas I think player advice is maybe more generally applicable. Yeah, I like that. That's a good challenge to, get to try to find. Then again, we took a look at the time scale of Delta Green content being created. We are uh, we, we would be considered prolific on that scale. <laughs> so maybe we're creating. Maybe the problem, Max, is that we're creating too much Delta Green content. <laughs>